it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. Or this week, what happens when your brewery is bought out as I catch up with Bolters, Scott Hargrave and Sterling Howland. This week marks the first anniversary since Bolters' announcement of its sale to CUB. For some, the announcement wasn't a surprise. The prominence of the personalities behind the business seemed to create an expectation that an eventual sale was the obvious outcome. At the same time, with all of its advantages, Bolter could have chosen a much easier path to that end. Instead, Scott and Sterling and their team created beers that weren't just good in quality terms. They were beers that I think could be fairly described as having an integrity. They didn't go after the low-hanging fruit in style terms, especially when you recall that the brand's second release was an Alt Brown Ale, never a huge crowd pleaser. The same could be said of the brand as well as of the beers and the way that it seemed to genuinely engage with consumers rather than merely try and sell to them. Even so, or perhaps because of these things, the reaction to the sale announcement felt a little different to the ones that went before. In some ways, the craft beer community was becoming used to these sales, but this sale still seemed to be taken a little bit more personally. Even the Independent Brewers Association statement on the sale felt a little more grudging and a touch more pointed than others. So, 12 months after the sale, I wanted to touch base with the two people most visibly associated with the business operations to see what has changed over this first year. It's a great chat, and it's one that went into a few unexpected places, but I hope you enjoy it just as much as I did, or at least just as much as I enjoyed the Pilsner I got to enjoy while I was recording it. Well, guys, welcome back to Beer as a Conversation. It's been a, a long time coming. In fact, it's almost exactly 12 months since we last had you on the podcast when uh, we, we chatted about the big sale. Yeah. Hey, Maddie. thanks for having us. Uh, thanks, everybody out there. It's yeah. been an interesting 12 months, hasn't it, for the entire population of planet Earth, I suppose? Well, let's ask that before we go back um, to, to, to the uh, sale. Um, how has the last 12 months, and particularly the last eight or nine months of uh, COVID been for you guys? Everyone's been safe and well, and you know the, the business is sort of going well? Yeah, we've had, uh, like everybody, it was, a, you know, it was a, a, a fairly big shock to everybody's systems as individuals and as businesses and as groups and what, what have you. So it was, it was pretty tough for everybody not knowing what was, what was happening. For us here, we... Like most breweries, or pretty much every brewery um, that exists, we lost our keg business pretty much overnight. So that was a huge chunk of ours taken out. Uh, for us, we were very lucky that we had some projects on the go. We had new brew house that we were had been in planning for two years. We had cellar upgrades that had been in planning for just as long. And a lot of this stuff, we you know we'd already made payments on and were committed to. So we had plenty here to keep us busy, and we were able to tick over and. Uh, you know, make plenty of packaged beer. We had to, we had to, production-wise, we had to pull things right back, like everybody else did. But we were able to keep uh, our staff, particularly our production staff, on about 30 hours a week for most of those guys. And you know, folks were able to supplement stuff with their holiday pay that they had and leave and whatnot. Um, you know, some of our sales 
staff and uh, out on the road, particularly in Victoria, had probably had it a bit tougher. But uh, in here, we were able to, you know, there was a bit of a dip for us, and then packaged beer sort of got going, and we started putting some beer from the tap room into long neck bottles, which was pretty hilarious Friday <laughs> afternoon sort of thought bubble I had and then it turned into a thing and it's still a thing. A, a bit of hipster cool 750 mil tallies. Yeah it was, it was actually a bit of frustration about having a bunch of great beers in kegs that we I just was determined we weren't going to tip them down the drain so um, but all in all you know I'm not going to complain about how we went because in a lot of ways for the business we came on in, in leaps and bounds you know as a group of people working together and you know, with our you know, the common goal of making the best beer we can. And we've been able to do a lot of things from a personnel and a equipment and, you know, uh, uh, you know, that sort of capacity and scale and sophistication sort of point of view that if things had rolled on like 2020 was supposed to, we, we would have struggled to do a lot of that as, as well as I think we might have, you know, just from a, just from a, from a you know, making beer and stainless steel sort of, point of view I guess. How did it work since, since the takeover with things like JobKeeper were you able to get it for your staff um, or were you just basically relying on the business's resources? No we, we, we had to have um, JobKeeper. So, 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 so you were eligible for it with the, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand the, uh, the the corporate side of things. Yeah no I don't know either really but yes yes we were you know we, we needed to that that helped supplement um, quite a few people here in our business. Yeah. Particularly like some of our you know, uh, staff that the um, you know were relying on work in the tap room or or were casuals or part timers in the you know in the, um, in the production areas and, and logistics and that sort of thing. So yeah. it certainly kept us. Uh, and we uh, as you know uh, we got we all took we all took um, pay cuts as well. You know, so we all took 25 percent pay cuts just to do our bit as well, share the pain. <laughs> As Ant, uh, yeah, our CEO would say. CEO that. all the way through to yeah. the last casual. We all went down together, then we yeah. all came back together. Yep. And I yeah. think for us, us culturally, that was really important to demonstrate that everyone's in this. And, you know, it's a tagline, we're all in this together, but you have to demonstrate it. And I think that was just sort of one of those moments where as a team, we all collectively got together and go, okay, well, everyone's bleeding. How do we stem the flow of blood? Okay, this is how we're going to do it. And then, um, yeah, we managed to keep a heartbeat and keep a pulse and then you build back from that I think and here we are. And in different parts of the industry have sprung back very differently so I guess you guys were pretty well positioned up front with package because you did have that very strong branding um, and package in, 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 in the market. Did that did that help, um, you know, dare I say the word pivot? Yeah, look, yeah, don't use that word, the P <laughs> word. Um, no, I guess for us, yeah, we, we had national distribution so we're very lucky. Um, but you know what, we probably didn't do that as good as we could possibly do it and what was I guess a blessing in disguise was that we were able to focus on the pack business and just really get it up to standard and, and across the board just refine it, get better at it and um, you know, I guess just come out the other side of it a bit better and without the distraction of having to fulfil kegs at the same time. Mind you, if we were doing both we wouldn't have complained. But, um, <laughs> You know, you, you always find a silver lining. There's always a, there's something that needs to be done that you've just been putting off for ages or whatever it is. And I think we found plenty of that to do here at the brewery. And um, yeah, so I think for us, yeah, we were we were in a lucky position, I suppose, with the new brew house coming and the upgrades we'd already done on the existing brew house and packaging and the cellar. You know, our what we call our 
seller number two, I suppose, our 300 seller, we call it. Um, you know, it's been a construction site for two years, really. So it was good to be able to push on through and get that done because working in really sort of cramped, busy, noisy conditions like that is inherently stressful. You know, and even if you don't know, it does wear you down. It makes makes you that little bit more tired at the end of the week or whatnot. So we were able to sort of push on through and get some of that stuff completed and, and it, it gave us room now to, for, for a lot of our folks to be able to like just have a little bit more comfort at work and be you know a little bit more um, efficient in their own selves that they're not backtracking 15 times they're not dragging hoses all over the place you know they're they're able to work in that they're able to have a better workspace for themselves which is what I was really keen to set up so we've, we've sort of been able to do that sort of thing and we were very lucky having our original brew house, being able to scale down really quickly and have uh, keep things ticking along at a, at a sort of minimum, I suppose, but then accelerate really quickly as well. So, and it's lucky we did because we'd be in all sorts of trouble now, I think. So what has changed in 12 months? I went to the, you know, there's no gold taps in the bathroom. I didn't see any uh, Rolls Royces out in the front. All, all of the things that people perceive, um, you know, when you fold into a big, a big enterprise, um, you know, all of the advantages that, that, that you see. Um, what, what has changed in 12 months uh, on, on a day-to-day level for, for, for both of your jobs? I get, look, not much. Um, that's the honest sort of answer, I guess, the, the short answer. Um, I guess when, when CB purchased um, Bolter, it was really about buying the team here you know, and buying the people and um, appreciating that all the folks here are good at their jobs and they've done all right to this point in time and um, we got a real sense that they just want to support that, not necessarily change it or get on top of it or meddle. Um, and what I found in, in that period of time is it's just been, um, it's kind of, business as usual for us you know for for our CFO and for, for and our CEO you know I think they probably shield us from a, from a lot of the day-to-day goings-on in terms is of um, wearing a suit to meetings these days or anything like that <laughs> like he's got shoes on his feet Goodness <laughs> <me>. <laughs> he's definitely got sauce on his shirt most of the time but anyway he, um, <laughs> he just buys yeah more expensive t-shirts that's all. yeah but no I think for Scotty and I you know I'm the I guess the voice of the brand and Scotty's the you know, produces the thing we talk about and together we do front the brand an awful lot there's not much change for us um, on that level and we've been given a lot of autonomy just to go do great work mm. and um, yeah I think for us it's it's been quite enlightening you know if you asked us 12 months ago um, you know what, what it was going to play out like we, we said to you that's how we hope it does and it, it's played out like that mm. so it's been good yeah and we were you know, we were committed to to remaining who we are you know that was a we'd be living a lie otherwise and um you know to to see you be and i guess now i saw his credit you know they've recognized like Stills said you know the talent in the business and have let us do our thing there's not much point sort of changing that like if if i'm sort of hindered from doing what i do best it's it's it lessens makes me sound like a dickhead but it lessens <laughs> what you know yeah. what what bolter is what the, you know, the the beers we make if i have to sort of get jammed into some sort of template which you know i would never have agreed to at any point and these guys would have backed that and they'd be the same as Stills, you know or, or you know and and uh brian and i guess our financial and administrative side have a bit more reporting and it's just i guess 
growing up as a business anyway, that you know, we that, that was coming for us regardless, just because we've got 60, 70 employees, and you know, there's a lot of people that depend on us um, doing the right thing all the time. You know, so that was bound to happen anyway. But it's you know, for me, it's it's still very much I've got to do what I've got to do, and and I'm really the only one who knows how to do what I do. I I'm not even sure what that is. But, you know, um, I've got to front up every day and. And do the best I can, and you know, part of this COVID thing, and I get I guess tied in with the integration and everything is that we've had we've had enough support where we've been able to um, say, you know, ask for a hand here or there or something, you know, like from a technical point of view, or run something, you know, get get an outside point of view on something, and to and to have validation, I suppose that no, oh, well, you guys are doing something we'd never even thought of, and that's awesome. Can you show us how to do stuff? That's that's been a big eye opener for me. It's great because it, I think it makes it's made me realise that, that we do a lot of things well. We don't do everything perfectly, that's for sure. But what we do well, we do really well. And, and other people in the industry, whether they're much much larger than us or much smaller, often want to know about it. You know, and want to know, well, how did you make that work? How does why is this part of what Boulder is, or this is just a good practice, or you know, it's all that sort of stuff as well. It's not just. You will make a, you know, a adjunct laden lager, blah blah blah. That was that was never going to be part of this thing yep. ever. You know, so I don't know why sort of we any of us would expect to have seen that. So do you ever head up the the, the highway to Yaddler and sort of? Uh, I've been asked about fifty times, but yeah, I want to get. There. I don't think it was at the big slab. You know, <laughs> well, no, I, saw, I saw the big slab on the way yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, no. fun day for the entire family. Big slab, Yaddler, straight off the M1 in beautiful Yaddler. Check it out. <laughs> Get your tea towels. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did tell on the way down, but yeah, so you haven't been up to the control room and sort of seen how that works up there and uh, no, get some ideas for to... what you can uh, do down here? Yeah, well, you know, we, we, see, we see a bunch of those folks um, you know, like to visit us, actually, and see what we're doing. And that's that, for me, is really quite humbling that you get, you get a lot of these folks that need to come down and see how Volta, you know. I've heard you've got a great way of putting hops in your tank or, or how, you know, the expansion that you guys have been through and how you've managed that. Do you mind if we come and have a look? You know, there's, there is a lot of that because I think a lot of people just look at us and just go, now how, as a whole, how the hell does Bolter work? How does, how have they got to do what they've done and continue to do? Uh, you know, and it's like bringing back the golden goose. There's no good chopping our necks off and looking inside, but you know, you've got to keep it alive and keep it, keep it going. And we've, we've been. You know, and, and much to their credit, we're, we're left alone to do that. You know? and, and that obviously happens. If you do them well, then it's pretty easy to continue to down your path. You know? We've all, you know, we're, we're, we're not rudderless, put it that way. We, we've always had a strong sense of purpose and direction in, in what we do and, and where we're going. And that's not going to change. I think if we were faltering, if we weren't sure who we were or we were insecure about what Alter is or who we are as people then it'd be a lot easier to come under the spell of somebody else or the influence of something else and have oh no well what they're, they're doing is better than what we're doing and, and that's certainly not the case here because we've always had this thing of lead not follow and it's not meant to be arrogant it's, it's, it's more a direction to ourselves to to remind ourselves we started this because we believed in what we could do if we believed in what we could do so let's keep doing that you said before, Scotty, um, something that I was actually thinking on the way down, and I was wondering what was going to greet me when I walked through the door, because 
from the first day I walked through, the place has never been the same the subsequent visit. Like it was just, as you said, it was, you described it as a construction site. And the growth tra- uh, trajectory that you were on and the constant capital investment that, that you are putting into it just to keep up with the volumes. Um, obviously, the, the beer side of the business was sustainable. If you hadn't have sold, was the business side of the business sustainable in terms of being able to keep that constant capital investment going? You know, if, if you didn't have that ability to sort of recapitalize the business without, um, you know, taking on new partners or new equity in some format, would you have uh, you know, run out of runway, for example? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the five of us, you know, we all get chills. Well, I know I do when I just think back to what, 2020 would have been like for us if we hadn't have made that decision. Well, Stills uh, described it, I think, sort of laying awake, you're wondering how you're going to pay, um, or was it Ant uh, yeah, yeah, we were speaking Ant, to? Yeah, Ant, like, seriously did, and I watched him, I think we all did, like, saw him sort of the second half of last year, and you can just see a guy who's not getting anywhere near like, enough sleep, and, 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 like, we're all stressed at times, obviously, but, but like, it's, you could see that sort of physical effect, and, and just just the worry you know it's like we're all parents here but it's like being a, an uber parent when you've got like 60 or 70 households to look after as well you know let alone shareholders and everybody else you've got to be dad or granddad to everybody and you've got to have that ultimate sense of uh you know concern and you've got to uphold the values of the business and you've got to make sure everybody's getting paid you know that everybody's safe and all of those sorts of things so you know like what we what we knew that this year was going to be really really tough for us otherwise because we'd already committed to the new brew house and the cellar stuff that wasn't something that happened was like you know along the lines of like well if we sell we'll be able to buy this thing like it was too late for us because we'd already signed on the dotted line because we committed and needed to do those things um has the sale taken that pressure off yes it has there's no doubt um, but the biggest thing it's been able to do is look after our people because, you know, I, I don't know how else you'd put it except that we probably would have been, we'd been in a fair bit of strife by now if we hadn't. And I guess that's what I was getting at, you know, was it... Um, you, it's, what, not what, from, it's not from bad, uh, you know, bad business practice or administration. It's, yeah. it's, the fact is that we've always... But if it is too fast a growth, you know, its own problem in terms of constantly having to find capital to keep up with the growth. Because if you don't yeah. keep up with the demand out there, it goes elsewhere. There's that even from a production point of view, from a quality and an integrity point of view. You know, like for me, where I stand as I guess brewmaster in this thing and always haven't been about the beer here is like for me it's much more uh, about when those stretches happen to the business the the pressure from all sides to to cut corners or to you know to lower your standards because you've just got to get this on the truck today or someone else doesn't get paid or blah 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 blah. that's really really strong you know but you've got to have the strength of conviction and the, the willingness to stare it down I suppose you know so that's always been first and foremost in my mind and then yeah just behind that is like well well we can't make that extra beer if we've got nowhere to put it yeah you know? and I'm, i've been very very fortunate in this business where i get to think up the new beers and know how i want the process to work and you know have these beers visualized in my head and i'll know what they're like and i know how we need to get there to do it and it's been 
you know, it's it's been the other guys, you know, Ant and Azza and, and Brian and those guys that have had to then work out how they can get that stuff to me so I can do it. You know? mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's certainly been an eye opener. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, uh, it's, you know, I know there's a lot of breweries out there that are probably doing it way tougher than us. And, you know, I think it seems to be, though, that if you if you were of a certain size, indie or not, you you could have done reasonably well this year. You know, and a, and, and that was a, it wasn't a comparative thing and it wasn't a COVID thing. It was just, you know, sort of, it, it's been amazing to watch the growth tra- uh, trajectory that Bolter was always on. And, yeah. uh, you know, what was the... Could that have continued without some form, you know, not, not a sale or something, you know, could, could, oh, was it something that, you know, bank finance... Well, would it would have, have had to be something like that or we start to slowly just carve off chunks of our own equity, you know, mm. or something, or, or something's got to give, yep. you know, or you just go, right, we're only going to be able to make this much beer. Or we're just going to stop at this size. Or you know? stop yeah. at this size, but, you know, I guess that we, without... It's just, sometimes it's just blue sky and you just go, you know, what, what can stop us? And sometimes it's the blessing and it's the curse sometimes. It's like, because we do, I'm sure we all get to that point where you go, why are we freaking crazy? Like, why are we going so hard? And but sometimes it's just that pursuit of just doing something the best you can. And sometimes that means doing the best you can and putting your foot down and just going for it, you know? That's just striving. And when you think about, you know, the, the boys, feed and, and, and Mick in particular and, and Joel and Kersey and those guys that have always strived for excellence, you know, in 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 their professional life. I mean, I guess without them having really any influence on what I did or, or what Stirls does or or how Ant runs the business or how As is built and constructed everything, it's it's in the DNA. It's that it's that just going for it, going for the fences, you know. And sometimes that can be your undoing, I guess, if you're not if you don't have your shit together and I like to think that's the beauty of what we've done there's been a sort of core four or five people that we're all good at what we do individually but we back the we back the person next to us so that if they make a call and you're not quite sure about it I've backed these guys to the hill because they know their jobs better than I do you know and, there's always an element the in a, of, of the Beatles. I, I always think of the Beatles and that sort of, you know, guys who were individually um, were something, but then when they come together, there's a certain overlapping of strengths that just sort of uh, trades off each other. Not describing as the Beatles or anything. I don't, I don't want to get into an argument about who's John and who's Ringo. <laughs> who would Ringo? You guys call me Ringo. Ringo. <laughs> like, oh, you're not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who, who would Ringo be in Bolter? <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but it's interesting because, you know, it, it's the beer has been faultless, may not be the word, but it's certainly, you know, I don't, I don't like to overhype these, but the, the beer has been very well. But then the, the branding that you've been responsible for, Stills, has just always been something that has marked um, Bolter as being a little bit different. From a branding perspective, has, you know, that um, change of ownership, does it change the brand at all? Or is your mission, you know, the, the, the can designs and you know the way you present yourself the, 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 the same do you have to factor that in when you sort of appear on you know when you put a billboard up next to the biggest brewery in, in, in Australia yeah. you know do, do you worry about blowback and criticism as part of the branding decisions um, look mate I think uh, from the beginning um, we've just always created things that we love things that we find funny beers we love to drink um, 
you know, so I think from, like we said, nothing was going to change post buyout. And, um, you know, for us, yeah, it's really been just a journey of continuing doing what we like to do. And um, we don't really, you know, I think we were 12 months ago, we, we made a, we spoke to you about it and you said, you know, what's the goal? So, well, our promise has always been good beer. That's one thing we've always been responsible for. That's always been our promise. And we've always tried to deliver on that. When we didn't deliver on it, we always like to come good and make it good again. And we said then that nothing's going to change. And then we backed that up by saying, but don't take our word for it. Just try the beer in three, six, 12 months time and tell us if we've dropped the ball or not. And it was only just this week that I got a message from, um, from a guy in the beer industry. He runs a pretty cool blog called Beer Thread and his name's Leon. And yep. he did a post about the double IPA. And it was about double IPA. And then at the end, he just signed off and he goes, it's wonderful to see that Scotty and Stirls have maintained the integrity of this business um, on all fronts. And it was just a, ni- a little comment, but it was a comment to me that resonated so loudly because that's our motive. That's our heart's desire is that what we've always set out to deliver, we'd, we'd still be delivering. And to get that from someone whose job it is to be critical and to um, you know speak his mind about beers and to that thing was a was just a nice little um, validation I guess of our journey in the last twelve months and you know what in terms of a branding and marketing side of things no, no nothing's changed like good beer with enjoyment it's a it's a nice easy thing to talk about our conceit is that we write for the industry and so you know I, I take the view that if we had twenty thousand people on our mailing list there's you know. 16,000 people that we don't want to reach yeah. anyway so it's not a it, 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 it's not a thing and, and if we do then the people that we want probably aren't reading us um, either um, so you, we, we look at other data points I guess you can one metric is your sales volumes or things like that what are the what are the things that you look at apart from your know, unsolicited comments from professional yeah, critics and well, stuff like that what are the things that you guys look for yeah. that tell you that the business is healthy yeah, it's good. So it's a good question. So basically, I've always judged our performance off engagement. Um, and we have quite a large social media audience. We've got really quite a large EDM and um, email marketing database. And so for us, um, I'm always about engagement. And the first sort of sign for us was our finish in the hottest 100 last year. I said, if you want to kick yourself in the nuts... Um, announce that you've <laughs> sold two days before voting starts. And, um, you know... We were hot off two straight wins um, and obviously we wanted to win a third time and we didn't win, but we got the number two beer, but we were the most voted for brewery. And, you know, we always said we don't tell people how to vote. We just want them to vote for our beers however they see fit. I have to say, we didn't choose not to broadcast from here because we knew anything or yeah, <laughs> after, no, well, after the two winning yeah. years that we were. You've got to share If you went to Stone and Wood and did a live broadcast, <laughs> I might not believe that. We were no. in Cairns. <laughs> no, I know. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> But, um, you know, that was a really good litmus test for us. I think the stats out of that were most beers in the hottest 100 ever and um, six inside 30. So it was a really strong, immediate validation that we haven't lost connection. So people were willing to go, okay, you're sold. I might be 50-50, but I'm going to take you at your word and see how we go. Now, as the years float on, beer sales have gone well. I think this month we sold twice as much pack, twice as much pack beer as we did last year. Um, our keg sales are going amazing. Um, if you look at a data point around prompted awareness, so all these studies that come out, um, we've grown from 36% to 51% in 12 months. 
And that's been purely off, no paid media, this purely organic cut through. Um, we don't have media budgets as a marketing department yet. And that's been purely off organic play. So that, that stat alone just shows that people are aware of us and are, are sort of connecting with the brand. And then our social media um, engagement has just been through the roof as well. Um, every time we launch a major campaign, we're up around 15%, which, you know, if you can get more than 1% or 2% is a good thing. Yep. So our audience are as more engaged as ever. And, and I'd, I'd probably say I'm not surprised because we haven't changed anything. You know, um, I'm still on there connecting with our audience, um, whether it be social media or whatever we're doing. Um, you know, the founders are still there. We're still very involved in every touch point that makes people feel good and feel special. And um, yeah, so, you know, for us, um, all the data tells us that, hey, everything's going all right. You're talking about the right stuff and you haven't lost people. So, um, and we'll, you know, 12 months on, I'm, I'm proud of that. I feel really um, fulfilled by that. And I know Scotty does too. I know more people are drinking Volta XPA than ever have um, the success of Hazy getting launched full time. And um, just, you know, it, that beer's just been a juggernaut of these last four months. And um, the fact that people treat a 6% beer like that um, is a wonderful thing. They're totally willing to embrace it into a mainstream um, sort of psyche, you know, and um, you know, Dan Murphy's were sitting there in the hallways the other week. They told us, "Going, we haven't been talking so much about a beer in the hallways um, for a few years as we have been about hazy." And it was just nice to just see that the people out there. Uh, That's one of those data points that yeah. you, you can never capture, but it, you just have note them when they come up. Exactly right. So yeah, it's um, all the data side of things super healthy, and um, we'll just continue to to communicate with our intuition and our feel and our touch and um you know they'll tell us when we get it wrong too you know <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this this is it's a de democratic sort of relationship you know they tell us when we fall short um we do have a we do have a bit of a, a penchant for trolling trolls on on volta <laughs> on our platforms that like we get a lot of people loving to give us crap but um we like to troll a troll in good humor you know so that's kind of kept things under wraps as well I, I, I can't remember who it was but i it was one of your uh, reps from Bolt, like, every bridge needs a troll. Yeah, that's true. Now, in saying that the Hottest 100 last year was one of the things that you sort of looked to, have you made a rod for your back this year? That you know, Are, are you really going to be sweating on what happens this year, if, if that's something you look at, just to see how... Uh, it... Look, yeah, for sure. Uh, you'd, be you'd be lying if you said it didn't mean anything to you, I think. Well, especially when you've been to the top of the mountain, like in your felt it and you felt what it meant for your business you felt what it meant to have that social proof um, validated for all your staff uh, for our head brewer that people love what we do so yeah the hottest 100 does mean a lot to us and we'd be lying to say if we if we didn't so if we we fared poorly this year yeah we'd take it to heart and but at the same time we'd we'd um take it as a challenge as well yeah. and um try to try to analyze why and um and fix any anything that might be broke. I think for me personally, the, one of the biggest things about the wins we've had and when we've done really well with the Hottest 100 is generally we've been able to have most of our people around here to be able to celebrate that all together as it happens. But, you know, we've we've done well at AIBAs and all this oh, sort mate, of we, stuff. And we we were here two years ago and 
was it Josh yeah. who came from a wedding or um, yeah. no it wasn't Josh it was Parko 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 left a wedding he'd been listening to it left the wedding to come and celebrate with you guys yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah and, but you know um, those guys obviously but also like our, our staff and that so you know when we've, we've come home with trophies before and it's usually because there's been a few of us out and have been there at the place and you know and everyone else is still here but to have have those special moments happen live with most of the people who made it happen like right there you know is is pretty special I've got someone sent me a video once of it was la, the last one we had so when was that 19 18 2008 whatever it was and it's just really cool just to see almost the lid blow off the top of the, of the tap room you know and half of the cheer it's 50% bolder people and 50% fans and strangers and family and my daughters were here, you know. I remember you sent me a couple of photos of, was it me and uh, Lily, my daughter, and myself, yep. and Mick having yep. a hug. And I'd never seen that photo before. And oh, really? Those sort of special stuff like that to be able to... That's that's what I get it uh, out of it. We'll, we'll go through my phone. They're still on my phone. So uh, I'll, I'll, any of the, that I didn't send you because <laughs> I, I, I got a lot. Yeah, so like, you know, as, as a brewer, it's like, yeah, that's cool. A lot of people think we've got the number one beer in the country. But, but to be actually to have that announced here with a bunch of people that that played a part in it and to have them feel a sense of achievement and 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 to be able to celebrate and yeah i guess that really that sense of achievement that that all the shit we go through all the hard work all the long days all the you know all the discomfort in summer and 98 percent humidity (laughs) and all this sort of crap and you know in all facets of the business everybody here works really hard you know to see everyone actually get well, I would think a result out of it, you know, it, that's great. Beyond getting paid and being looked after and making sure that you're safe at work, to have that sort of stuff. So that's just a little brewer's sidetrack on the <laughs> no, 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 100. But, but, but let's, uh, and let's step away from the business for a little bit and let's talk about beer because um, normally that's what, what we're here for. But uh, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned Hazy. Now, Scotty, when you walked into the Wigan Pen, uh, what, 15 years ago, 16 years ago to... Uh, do that first uh, you know, yeah. brewing course or things like that. Yeah. Of beer. Did you ever think that beer styles would be what we're seeing, you know, in impact? You've already talked about how hazy has sort of blown up and, you know, styles like that, but then all of the extreme variations of that, you know, was that what you signed up for or did you just sign up for whatever? Um, well, yeah, see, back then I was baffled and probably still baffled but you know it was just they were just uh you know the week had a lot of classic beer styles and and you know rich rich was the head brewer and you know he's a very very innovative guy so you know there was always i was probably got exposed to some of rich's beers and they probably weren't beers you'd find anywhere but the week you know they weren't necessarily well known anywhere you know he got into barrels and sours very very early you know and there was probably rich and Brendan Barris, you know. This is Rich Watkins. Yeah, Rich yep. Watkins, sorry, everyone, from his uh, founder at Bentspoke. Um, sensational brewer, great mate. Um, it was, you know, those guys were doing Desperately need to haircut things. from what I've seen on social media this week. Yeah, uh, you know what? I've, I think I've known him for, what is it, 15 years? I've never seen that before, but, you know, it's, maybe that's his midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's cheaper than buying a Ferrari or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but but so, no I guess like I was still trying to get my head around that fact that what so like 
they've got 12, 15 beers on tap and they're all different. Like, there are different, you know, what is a Goethe? What's a double IPA? What's, you know, what's an alt beer? There was all these sorts of things then. So I guess my eyes were open pretty early and I think the, you know, for me to have gone to the trouble of going to that course was because I was already starting to explore beer. I was already curious, I suppose. I knew there was more than just Melbourne bitter cans or VB or, or you know, Han Ice or whatever was floating around or my mates were drinking it at that stage. You know, I just, I guess I became promiscuous as the sort of rise of Dan Murphy's and all these sort of bottle shops happened. You know, it was easier to see some of this stuff that I'd never seen before. That's just a glass of pills. As we talk about hazies, that's just a glass of pills uh, rattling the microphones there. So yeah, it's, Check it's, yourself. <laughs> slight haze to it as well because it's centrifuge but not filtered. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm not overly surprised. I mean, there's just some things that, it's, you know, it's not every brewer could or should make every style of beer, you know. Mm. I, I really like it when, um, if you might have been to... Um, Bierstadt mm. in Denver. Like those Last year, guys, yeah. since we're talking about Pilsner. With Pete, fortunately. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> what do you <laughs> reckon, like Pete? Hey? Now, now that's, <laughs> that's my, my, my work wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That must have been a... That must have been... A, Straight like, heaven. Quite a honeymoon, that one. Um, but, you know, when you look at what those guys do and, you know, in, in the most, um, you know, extravagant sort of... Out, extroverted sort of beer market in the world and people who knuckle down and just want to make great pilsners or you know just just want to make great sour beers or just want to do great barrel beers i think that's great because you just you can't cover all bases i suppose and i don't know if you necessarily should because just not everything could be or will be sensational it just can't be i just i think you know certain generally you're born with a set of senses that will direct the sort of things that you like and you know whether it's music or beer or marketing or, or or painting or whatever it is the way your senses tell you about the world will probably direct about how you reflect that back out at the world you know so um, I'm probably not that keen on making milkshake or dessert IPAs because they should be milkshake or dessert something else right? <laughs> well, the Monica IPA helps itself but are they those sorts of beers? Are they IPAs of any sort? Is a hazy an IPA? I don't know. And that's where, as I grapple with, um, you know, I'm never quite sure whether I'm just becoming the old man when we make the joke on the podcast. You know, you suddenly start entering your grandpa Simpson phase yeah. um, and you're sort of talking about back in the, you know, when we used to wear an onion on our belt. Um, or yeah. there, there were conversations around what, beer is and you know like the, the, the Motward Hops and Yeast shirts that um, spring up everywhere and craft meant something and then we're seeing brewers embrace throwing anything in that they think will uh, you know sort of create a headline or things like that you know do, does craft mean anything anymore when, when not, not so much talking about hazies but is, is there a point that we will... I definitely think craftsmanship does mm. I think that's hugely important okay. whether you're a landscape gardener or a baker or a brewer or whatever it might be like that honing of skills of that expertise that you build over years and years and you know through often you know, bitter experience you know and and hard work and relentless determination to do something as best you can i think 
I don't think craftsmanship will ever die. Does the word craft in beer mean much anymore? Maybe not. Maybe it's just been blown to blown to bits by all the by the the way everything has sort of um, shattered into a million pieces, you know. And, and beer can be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you know. In some cases, I just I just worry sometimes that the people make beers just to get the headlines, you know. And you know, does that is that a great beer to drink, or does just that assemblage of words that you put together, you know, uh, on the Friday when you do your Insta, is, is that why you've worked so hard all week to, to have the look at me piece? And obviously you have to, to get noticed, you know, people need to know that you're out there if they want to buy your beer. But I don't know, I think maybe that can sort of go too far sometimes. It's, it seems to me like the, the cart leading the horse sometimes where it's, you're only making beer because you need a headline to sell beer. Well, make better beer. Make, <laughs> make beer that, that blows people's socks off and they'll, they'll start to hunt you out, you know. There's, I know back in the early days when we first got going, there was a lot of bolter, right, surface, right, Scotty, right, okay, what's this going to be? And people sort of standing there with their arms folded like, oh, well, you know, let's see what happens here. But, you know, I'd always said, well, well no, we're going to be the real deal. This is about beer and it's not going to be about Mick and Joel and Bede and those guys. You know, they're hugely successful and well-known in their own right for their thing, but this was about starting a business and giving a bunch of people the chance to build a dream, you know, which is what we did. And central to that had to be bloody great beer, otherwise there's no point doing it, and we're just irrelevant and we're wasting people's time and, we, you know, it's, it's a pointless exercise and an expensive one. I remember my first XPA and taking you out of the equation, um, and it was sort of in, in the, yeah, the, the, the smaller brewery. Um, and being completely honest, I'll, I'll, I'll never know whether my powerful memory of tasting a, a, a beer that is just burned into my memory was because I never quite knew what a, a surfer-owned brewery was going to put out, um, or whether it was as good as I remember that sensation as being and it's, it's just one of those things you can never completely divorce you know I've, I've tried variations of that beer uh, previously but it's, it, it's one of those things what it depends on where your expectations are as to uh, you know just of how, how much you clear them by and I, and I guess it was who knew who you know there were people who knew about Boulder because of me there's people who knew about Boulder because of Stirls there'd be people who knew about Boulder because of Aunt Azar and obviously the, the boys the, you know Mick, Joel, Bede and Josh. So there would have been, depending on who knew who, there was going to be all sorts of different expectations. Mm. You know, when you think about the thousands of people who don't know those guys <laughs> and probably thought, surfers, beer, yeah. You know, when, when I was first talking to them, I was sort of wary of that myself when I first met Stills and, and a couple of the guys. I was, he likes to think I was sort of angry or... You were, and you did. Oh, jaded. Not. <laughs> I was just... Jaded was the word... This probably isn't the conversation we should be having on no. my and actually, it's, but it's, look, it's got it, it all is completely fair and valid. So <laughs> I, I like to tease you about like it. But... Bolter, shouldn't that be spelt with an O? These fuckers can't even spell properly. What have I got myself into? Turns out I was wrong. You know, Mick was dead right. It's a word. Yeah. I'm a dickhead. I'm a brewer. <laughs> Shut up and make beer. So. Now, uh, uh, looking at the next extension of what um, brewers are doing, uh, are we likely to see a Bolter um, seltzer? Uh, <laughs> can I? I look, I'm Scotty and I do not care at all for that drink. I just go on the record <laughs> as saying that personally. 
That's fair enough, eh? Now, I, yeah, I don't know how to make alcoholic soda water, what that's really got to do with what we do. And I'm sure as shit there are people doing it much better than we ever could. Yeah. And it just dilutes... It takes our attention away from what we should be doing. And if we need to make a seltzer because we've got to, you know, because we need to make some more money or turn over more product or whatever, then we just got to make sure that our beer's up to scratch because it obviously isn't, if that's the case. Well, it's I think we're good enough at making beer. We've equipped ourselves well enough to do it. Mm. We should do that, I think. Yeah, I, you know, I'd have to just agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, we've seen how this little green and white tinny is, once it hits people's palates, what it means to them. And, you know, all this data that came back to us in the last sort of 12 months is showing us that no one really knows who Bolter is. You know, awareness-wise, on the big scale, we're a drop in the ocean. But what the data did show us is that once people did know who we were, they come back in four weeks' time, three months' time, six and 12 months' time. They're like very high conversion right down the funnel and it just showed that oh wow they're connecting with something they love and and it's their reliable go-to and um so for us we're like um you know we just need to let more people know about us really at the end of the day and it just uh, the point of me saying this is that it just affirmed why we're here beer smiley it's not seltzer smiley (laughs) It's beer smiley because that worldview, that beer smile worldview means so much to so many people all over the world. And if we can't find what we need in beer, then like Scotty said, he's probably not brewing good enough. Funny enough, that's pretty much exactly what Rich um, Watkins said when I asked him a similar question. You know, there's a lot of places that beer can find that same thing in a more meaningful way, if I can paraphrase him. I've got to say too that anyone I've, anyone I've tried to date, and this isn't a smite on it because I'm not their target, but I just find it unfulfilling. I don't find the same enjoyment as I get out of a beer. And I think for a beer drinker, I think that'll be the general consensus. It, it, for me, it just doesn't scratch an itch. And so I'd feel like a complete uh, liar if I was trying to talk about it. And, you know, I've always said to you, that what we do is an extension of who we are and people are buying our conviction at the end of the day. And that's why I feel Bolter has connected with people is because they're buying a truth and it's a truth we live and die by. And um, so for me, that's beer. And, um, you know, I, I don't see it in our future. The worrying thing for me about it too is that only time I've heard people talk about it and you know, there's just in all people I come across in, in my life outside of being right here and right now is that doesn't taste like much and um, but it gets you pissed really quick like and if, if that's the <laughs> point of it like that was never the point of this like mm. it's so far it's the antithesis a, of what we absolutely it's 180 degrees in the opposite direction and as Stirl's just mentioned about that with enjoyment I mean we're sitting here under a tree that really should never have lived that long but <laughs> it's giving yeah, in it I was just looking at that gun this tree <laughs> is on fire we're down an alleyway they used to all be concrete and we planted this maple blossom thing and basically it was a tiny sort of shrub about maybe eight foot high and now it's about um, three times the size just powering and we've got people's names engraved into it. <laughs> and it but hasn't it's blocked any drains yet. No, it hasn't blocked any drains yet. Don't worry, listeners, I'll take a photo yeah, for you. One of the healthiest this isn't trees great <laughs> Anyway, we're sitting under that tree and I wouldn't do it with any other drink other than a beer, I think. Is no, that, that, that's right. And because 
you know, because we are taking the time to drink a beer and enjoy it. And uh, I can't imagine that we'd have had this, be having conversation that we're having about, you know, you asking me about beer styles and if, if we were talking about seltzer. Like, I just can't see that. The way I describe it is no one ever left their business as a concreter to go and make seltzer. <laughs> True that. Yeah, well, you never know. Well, it could have been someone somewhere in the world. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was... Taking a... calls right now, call 1300, blah, 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 and let us know if you're a concrete turn seltzer maker. Or maybe you invented seltzer. <laughs> so, one last question. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm... Look, am I not... Um, sorry, am I not dismissing the fact that it's a, it's a relevant drink that is connecting with people? Mm. That, I guess it wasn't the question for us. It's, is, do you see a part of it and, in our future? Funnily enough, that, like that, that's the bipolar world that I live in in that people get pleasure from it and if they get pleasure from that drink then that has done its purpose but as no I said no one ever left their career to go and make <laughs> it that I can think of you know yeah. it's, it's sort of a anyway um, one last question and because I wasn't quite sure I can't think of two more podcasted people in the beer industry than, than the, the, the two of you and I, I certainly didn't want to cover old ground or obvious ground or things like that but I'm surprised we've gotten this far um, without actually going you know backtracking but one of the things I did want to ask is because you have been on so many podcasts what are the things that you guys want to talk about in the industry that you know um, people that have got a podcast have never asked you um, it's probably an unfair question to sort of uh, spring I'm actually baffled while people keep asking us to go on podcasts to tell you the truth. Not Scotty, he's more eloquent than me, but um Oh mate, that's a that is actually a big question. It's a very it, big question. Yeah, I mean it, 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 is there stuff in the industry that, that you would like to see get more uh, talked about more, you know, whether it's uh, people in the industry that are unsung, you know, is there anything that, you know, that just isn't being uh, seeing seeing the light of day that you want to talk about? For me, I, I think a lot of it is is why you do it in the first place. You know, that as, uh, one of my big concerns when I first got approached by the guys to be a part of this was, you know, what's it about? Like, are you are you doing this because you really love beer, or you're really interested in beer, or do you think there's like a quick sale in it? Is there a quick buck in it, or, or that sort of thing? You know, so I know like craft beer is in at the moment, whether it's craft beer or not, but. You it's know. the only time fashion and I have vaguely met at the same time and place. <laughs> That's right. You know, and I feel I feel like the same. I almost feel like, oh, I'm pretty much like an elder now in in craft beer. Look at me, I was such an early adopter and I didn't even know it, you know. But um I, and I know that there's still people sweeping in with passion and, and and grit and determination, you know. It's just I just wonder sometimes if how long the gold rush lasts, you know. I I do I have wondered and had concerns about what the next 12 or 18 months looks like, you know. And people might say, yeah, it's fine for you because you sold to CUV or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, we've still got a long way to go in this business and we've got a lot of people to look after here as well, you know, not just our own families and whatever and, and to make you know the best beer we can while we're here and doing that. But, you know, um, what what is it going to look like out, out there? You know, I, I do sometimes worry when you talk about the... And when you bring up things like seltzer and stuff like that, is is the economic pressure to drop your, you know, just drop what you're doing and go and make a seltzer or a milkshake IPA or whatever it might be because that's on trend as, you know, 16 hours ago. That's what we've got to do right now. And and when people sort of 
are flapping about in the in the wind like that. Like how I, I see that things like that being as potentially dangerous. Like you know, the seltzer wave might come and go. It might segment into a particular bunch of people that probably also like Bacardi cruises or whatever, or that sort of thing. And that's that. Will they ever support you? And your brewery in two years from now or six months from now, who knows? You know, it's. I do. I sort of. I don't know if worry is even the right word, but I think ahead and wondered, like, just you know, how long can can some of these trends just continue, and and what perpetuates them? Is it is it consumer driven because it's genuine, because people really want to see you express yourself and how good you are to be? Is it is it just that you're so under? under the pump economically and the, you know the, the bank managers breathing down your neck or the landlord is that you have to capitulate and do things like that and what are the repercussions does that mean that you're actually not you, you're holding off for another couple of weeks or keeping the wolf from the door for now but long term you're actually doing yourself more damage than good you know and i don't know who's out there to help folks deal with those sorts of decisions you know there's nobody i mean we churn through a awful lot just amongst ourselves like with the with the sale and stuff like but you know like that's something i guess we had to sort of uh come to terms with ourselves and and work it out amongst ourselves like if you're a if you're a new uh you know a new brewery that's just starting and something like covid's happened and you know i know you know there's there's been a bunch of guys that i really admire that have done really well you know dj and harriet mountain goat um oh sorry DJ and Harriet at Mountain Culture. Sorry, Mountain Culture, folks. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, such an industry man, ain't that? <laughs> CV, I understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forget. Those guys, you know, um, Dennis and Fishy and all the guys down at White Bay, you know, these guys all started this year, you know, and they've done, they've both done tremendously well to thrive, not just, not just survive through all this bullshit that's happened this year, but I wonder, like, how many... How many uh, like quality sort of results we're going to have like those guys? You know, it's, I'm not sure what's what's ahead for us. I don't know what any of us are, but I guess no one was pe- predicting a pandemic either for this year. You know, like um, that's that's one big thing that I sort of think about. Like, what what's it going to take? I, I'd love to see. You know, we've we've got guys like Tofa who's who does uh, at Wildflower who does Tofa and Chris who do their you know their blending and the, the wild beer thing and that's awesome. Like, you know, I'd I'd love to see more of that sort of thing happening. But Would you do it here, or it's just not to the bolt away? It's it's hard for us to do it here because we don't want to bring down you know everything that we've done. It'd have to be a separate facility. We've talked about doing sour beers and stuff before, but again. We can't just do a token version of it. We'll never do a Me Too because everybody else is. You know, and, you know we probably could have made a hazy beer yeah. well, three years, years ago. Early early on, or he was, whatever. he was, you know, Stirls was. Well, the, the, the uh, guy in the Yakima Chief uh, shirt and the uh, to bale breaker hat certainly has no troubles getting hands on on, on, on plenty no. of hops to make a hazy from. No, that's that's right. But that, that, that's I had to make gig. sure it was. The, I had to make sure that our version was really, really good, and not just. I didn't rush out two weeks after they became a thing and went, "Oh, well, here's one to meet," you know. Yep. Because uh, we're insecure and oh shit, we've got to have one too. It was like, well, we're not going to do it unless we do it really well. So there's, you know, that's sort of how we'd be uh, with that. But you know, that's why you won't see us have 57 different beers all at once because they can't all be great. And I guess I'm 
selfish enough to want what we do to be great. You know? Now, I, I, I could literally sit here and drink uh, Pilsner <laughs> under this tree and sort of talk beer all afternoon, but I know that you guys are very, very busy. So Sterling, Helen, and uh, Scotty Hargrave, thank you very much for, uh, for this conversation uh, about beer and all the very best for the next year. Hopefully, in 12 months' time, we can pick up the conversation, maybe even at Beer Start after the uh, hop harvest. <laughs> Would love to. That would be awesome. And that was Scott Hargrave and Sterling Howland. As always, let us know what you think. You can join us in our Facebook group to share your thoughts on this and all of our conversations. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by our good friends at Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field and nine years supporting the Radio Brews News Network, Cryomalt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. Your premium brewing partner, our premium podcasting partner, and proud sponsors of this conversation and the Radio Brews News Channel. And as guests on Beer as a Conversation, Scott and Sterling also receive our Beer as a Conversation branded Yeti Rambler mug, thanks to our good friends at Yeti. Of course, because commerce isn't exactly our thing. I forgot to take them with me, but I can assure Scott and Sterling that they are on their way.